Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 87 of Courtside Indiana. Jim Reber joined as always by Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Rinse, repeat, Zach. How was your how was your week? That's right. That's right. Soccer, uh, school. Repeat. Nice. I mean, weather is beautiful up here still. I'm sure it is down there as well. So we're still trying to take take advantage of that. Playing outside as long as we can. The my daughter loves coming home from soccer practice and actually playing more soccer. So, so that's a good thing. Uh, do you ever uh, do you ever listen to the Bill Simmons podcast? I don't. He does. Like, oh, okay, they do a Monday do. deal with his with. I don't know if it's he's really his cousin or if it's cousin Sal, his cohort. One of his cohorts, like on the Jimmy Kimmel show, they do a parent corner. Uh, okay. And it's it's typically things that are borderline embarrassing for either the, the child or the parent. <laughs> and we need to we need to I, I would say we need to start that, but I don't have any kids, so I think that's not <laughs> fair to you. But uh, it's, yeah, it seems like every week it's and his his deal is, too, is his daughter's big time soccer player. So a lot of okay. his stories are sure driving driving her to sports and, and driving and his his son just being kind of a maniac but um <laughs> but anyway it's kind of waiting for if you ever get a really good like story that is borderline yeah. you know not like <clears throat> gonna upset your wife because you're telling people uh maybe throw that out we, there but we can, uh, we can think of that sometimes there, sure. there you go yeah even if it's like a, you know the, the failings of being a parent i don't know right right so all right, man. Well, we are going to have to we get updated on recruiting. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, we, we're recording in two different segments again. So first, it's going to be Zach and, and me doing a little bit of of this. Then later in the show, going to be joined by Nick Baumgart. We are recording currently on Monday night. Nick and I are going to record on Tuesday morning. So if there's something weird that happens in between those two, we will uh, add that to the Tuesday morning recording and we'll get this thing published by about lunchtime on Tuesday. But um we're going to get get the recruiting update, then we're going to break into some class of 2022 small forwards who we talk about some of the, the, the uncommitted kids, about the, their recruiting, if we think they're kind of right where they need to be as far as offers go or recruitment, if there's maybe a little bit of under-recruited, and, and, and then we'll, um, with, with you, Zach, we'll do the Northern Indiana guys, and then anybody else that you want to talk about too, so before, before you got to go, so... Um, so take it away. Get us updated on recruiting. Yeah. So uh, kind of a busy week, a uh, couple recruit or a couple commitments. Sorry. And we'll get to those in a second. <clears throat> Cayman Bontrager. We'll start with him. He's at Leo now. Uh, still waiting on some IHSAA stuff to play out and see how that works. I've been in touch with dad, so I'll keep us updated on that as time goes on. But cool. Uh, he got a Purdue Northwest offer. So another D2 offer for him. Um, Xavier Booker, who's a 2023 from Cathedral. He's been super busy. He got a Clemson offer. Jake Davis, who's another 2023 from Cathedral. 
He got a Thomas Moore and a Marion offer, a couple NAIs. He's also got Indiana Wesleyan involved, I remember. Uh, <clears throat> let's see, Raiden Faust from Northeastern got a Wittenberg offer. Uh, Joe Kelly from Bishop Dwanger up here by, in Fort Wayne got a Franklin offer. Sam Orm just got an offer this afternoon from Elon. He's a 2023 from Carmel. Um, Trey Steinhilber, he's a guy I mentioned last week on our episode towards the end of the show from Boone Grove. He's a guard. He got a Franklin offer. Uh, then Jackson Edwards, we had a commitment from him. He's a 2022 from Cathedral. He committed to Murray State. We had Ryan Conwell also commit. He had a top 10 list and he broke that down and then committed last or uh, yesterday to South Florida. And then Logan Lankenau from Carroll committed to D3 Wittenberg. I'm going right to Jake Davis. I, I think that he's one of those guys. I, I've coached kids like this before. He, he will probably do the same thing at whatever level he, he ends up at. And, and obviously, I think there's a ceiling. You know, each kid has a ceiling. Um, I, if I'm a low D1 team, I, I love how he defends. I love that he can at least be one of those guys that keeps – his guy off the boards. I mean, he may never be, you know, an offensive rebounding threat at a division one level or even a division two level. Um, he may be a good, you know, a guy that block, you know, a guy that does, takes care of a lot of dirty things, you know, a lot of dirty works on the court. He takes charges. He, he, he has no problems guarding his position at a high level. I think he could switch and guard, uh, guard a lot of fives. At a low D1 level, I mean, I don't know, you know, unless there's some stud that's under-recruited that ends up at a low D1 or, you know, obviously some maybe seven-foot kid that develops late or, you know, somebody that's a little bit, a lot bigger and a lot longer than he is. But but the, the way he, the things that he does at a high level and the summer stuff that he does, that he's just at the NAI level. And, and it's, again, look, we, we always go back to the caveat, we Crossroads League, especially, is extremely talented, um, and and the NAI schools in this state in general are among the best in the country. Um, still seeing he's under recruited. I think he he should be getting bigger looks, and you know, and maybe those are teams that, you know, maybe he's not interested. I'm not saying that's why it's not happening. You know, that, that's going to be one of those kids too that, um, you know, he'll he'll have a hell of a career and he'll help he'll help whoever gets him win a lot of games. And I, I don't, um, sometimes I just think college assistant coaches lack a, a certain level of imagination on seeing how things work. I, I think he does exactly at that level of basketball, the division two level as well at those two levels that he would do what he does in the summer. And he does a lot of things to contribute to winning. And, and um, I just see him being a low major D two power forward. And um, I, especially the way he shoots it, he's just an outstanding shooter. And I, that's what I see in him. So that was what I wanted to go with there with that. And if there's any of these other guys you wanted to talk about, we can. Um, I mean, Cayman Bontrager, he's staying right now D2 level that he's been getting looks at yeah. more recently. He's got the, a good body, uh, strength, good, good strength, uh, rebounds it well. He's got that jumper from about 12 feet down. He's extending that out to around the perimeter. So, so definitely a guy with a D2 body, I feel like, already in game. Do we know where he's – I mean, not that – do we know where he's living, District, what district they live in? I'm not sure on that, though. No, I haven't asked. That, that's a good question to ask. I mean, 
as much as we champion uh, Jaden Brewer on being able to transfer into a or Ben Davis, despite coming from a public school, um, I, I think that's. I mean, I'd like to know. I mean, it's going from a going from a high you know IHSA school to a prep school, then back to an IHSA school is not an automatic situation, and, and it and it shouldn't necessarily be. But if they're in Leo's district, either by by residence change or that's just where they've always lived. I mean, he, he was a private school kid before he went to, before he went to elevate elevation prep. Um, yeah. I would just be curious as much as you get some info from his dad, I can't see it being a controversial issue. Uh, I like to know what, what town, you know, what school district they live in. And sure. Um, I mean, I still think he should be eligible, but I know the IHSA takes a dim view of the prep school stuff. And, and I don't I'm not fully sure that we know that, like Rasheed Jones or Bass, where they are on that, on that uh, timeline as far as um, eligibility. Sure, but, we, um, yeah, it's something like this we never really thought of either. Um, Conwell, what was Conwell's final ten? You said you had that list ready before we yeah. hit record. Yeah, his final ten was App State, Murray State, Middle Tennessee State, <laughs> Northern Kentucky State, in, Indiana State, no. Indiana Wichita State, State, State. <laughs> Nevada, Charlotte. Uh, Virginia Tech and then South Florida, obviously, where he committed. Yeah, I guess. I think obviously a kid like that sometimes will. I use the word obviously probably way too damn much, but if I would be curious to see how much early playing time made a difference. Um, I, you know, Virginia Tech would be seem like a great situation, um, and we don't know how much these guys were really keeping in touch with them and and how. Who, who was doing the best job of recruiting him. I, I clearly would have loved to see him stay in state at an Indiana state. Um, but I got to imagine South Florida, at least geographically is pretty appealing. So. Um, I, I do know Appalachian state felt pretty good about him. They, they yeah. were positive, but I know they had a good relationship with him and he had just taken a visit there actually a weekend or two ago. That's pretty isolated though, isn't it? Uh, I'm not. Is that like an isolated campus? I mean, that campus is located exactly in relation to other bigger cities, like you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Mantis is a family. His his mom and stepfather are people that I know pretty well. I mean, they were, they fell in love with the campus. I mean, that's, that was right up their alley. Uh, But, but, you know, it's, you know, they live in Lowell that they don't exactly live. You know, they still, Lowell's still that sort of that small town kind of rural still got a rural element to it right um you know people like their land there and all that i you know conwell's from indies from pike township there's you know not a lot of room you know you get you get in areas (laughs) where you you like tight spaces or you like you know or if you can't get what you want in that regard maybe you choose just a, a better climate or a warmer climate at least and right edwards to murray state it's just Again, I thought he would have been uh, thought all along. He was a, a Ohio Valley before he was getting division one offers. I kept saying he'd be great in the Ohio Valley, just developing skill set. They take chances on kids like that. Again, this is before he started getting division one offers. They take chances on kids like that. Um, you know, what we should have done before we got up here is um, checked out. I can do it. Checked out. Um, who made what offers to win? Hold on one second here. Let me see if we can figure out where Murray State. 
when Murray State offered. My general theory is, see, Murray State offered. Yeah, they were one of the later ones. So yeah, and so was uh, South Florida, I believe, with Conwell, if I remember looking right. Was it? Yeah, I mean, I say later ones. It looks like Jackson's first Division One offer. Let's see, what have we got listed here? We got all. Yeah, these are all D one. Jackson's first Division One offer was April thirtieth, unless we missed something. Um. So all those schools, I guess, kind of offered right about the same time. I mean, it's, I guess my point where I was going with that, a lot of times you'll see kids, um, if they, if their recruiting doesn't jump a level, then they typically go to a school that was part of their first like block of schools. Now, I don't know that I consider April of 2021 versus July of 2021, all that different. It, it might be a little bit. But, um, I mean, all I think, those schools are kind of right there. Yeah, I think Conwell's South Florida offer was July, if I remember right, without looking back. But South Florida, <clears throat> what are they? What conference are they? And, and do you think Edwards' commitment to Murray State changed anything for Conwell or not, not necessarily? No, they're, I mean, to me, they're two different positions. Okay. So there, so South Florida is the American Athletic Conference. I mean, that's that's not a Power Six, but that's a multi bid league. You know, so that's going to be that's you know, aside from let's see, Conwell's offers again. Let's take a look at it. I mean, he's got a few schools from multi bid leagues, but I mean, it's basically it's basically Virginia Tech, Wichita State, South Florida. Um, those are the schools from what I would consider to be multi-bid leagues, maybe Nevada. Um, I'm sure someone's screaming, will be screaming when they listen to this going, no, they're not, you know, they are maybe Charlotte. Um, I'd have to go back and review some of these conferences. I lo- I think I've lost track of what school, what conference a lot of these teams are in because of all the realignments and stuff like that for football. Sure. But I mean, I, I look, I think that's, the, I think that's a great level for both of them. Um, again, I look at Jackson. I'd, I'd like to see a kid like that stay in state. You know, I'd like to see him go to Evans. I'd like to see him go to Indiana State, IUPUI. Um, I, you know, I can understand, especially the IUPUI part, wanting to get a little bit further away from home. Um, but, you know, Eastern Illinois is of interest to me because of Marty Simmons and, and his ties to Indiana. And um, But, no, I think, you know, Murray State, same conference as Eastern Illinois, the Ohio Valley. I think that's a great level for him. I think he'll have a chance to uh, he'll have a chance to develop with some definite, um, you know, definite, you know, on the coaching staff part, definite develop, definite eye toward what role he's going to play in the in the short term as well as the long term in, in, in his development. So and he's athletic enough to who knows, he could someday as he really develops the skill. And these guys are both going to have chances to play professionally, you know, somewhere and. Uh, I mean, I think Conwell's a no-brainer in that part. If if Jackson works on his game and, and it grows like it has been, I think he's in that conversation too. So, anyone else there? Uh, any other, kind of looking over, and I don't think so. Before we get to Luke Brown making his decision, I mean, we, you yeah, know, once they that. graduate, once they graduate, we don't we don't have access to the database anymore. I say that like as if I can't control that, but. But we don't really we're not really pushing transfers through our database. But you know, Luke Brown today, what chose Ball State, correct? Yeah, 
I mean, I say correct. We, we both, we, it's been confirmed. <laughs> he put on the social media. According to Luke Brown, he's transferring to, to Ball State. So you and I were talking about this earlier today off air. And you wondered if he was going to be eligible right away. And the answer is no. And I, I assumed that he would be eligible for the second semester. And I was incorrect. He will not be eligible until next year because he made his transfer after July 1st. And you have to make a transfer before July 1st, regardless of, you know, what grade you're, what class you're in to, to take advantage of the free, of the free transfer. Now that date, as I understand it, is going to be moved back to May 1st. Uh, they just made it July 1st this year, just because it was the first year and how late they really instituted that rule. So, so he will not be eligible until next year. And then he will have, it's almost like a traditional transfer. He will have four years of eligibility um, available to him. So, so basically he's red coming back and red shirting, right? That's what's happening. Yeah. He will use, yeah, this will be his red shirt year. Um, he will be available. He will not be available to the team though, until Christmas. So he will not be able to practice with the team as I understand it. Okay. I got you until Christmas. He can work out in the facilities. He can be, with the till team the, till this Christmas, right? You're saying correct. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. If I, yes. Till this Christmas, he will be available to the team at the end of first semester. Don't ask me why the rules were that nitpicky. They just seem to be. And I, I believe I understand that correctly. Um, not a whole lot of difference. Um, hold on a second. I'm going to look this up because I can't remember his name now because I'm getting old. Um, not a whole lot of difference to the situation that um, IU had last year with <laughs> with quickly quickly um, Parker Stewart, who transferred mid mid semester in the fall, basically from UT from Tennessee Martin to Indiana. He was not available to the team until Christmas break, and I think that's the, so that'll be the same situation with with Luke. He won't be able to practice with the team. He won't be able to travel with the team. I'm not entirely sure if he'll be able to sit on the bench. Like he could probably be like in a suit and act like a manager. Um, I don't know why he couldn't do that, but um, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's, I'm sure there's some gray, you know, there's some gray areas there. I'm sure it's not like he can't be in the building when they're practicing. Um, and as far as like meetings and film and things like that, I have no clue what his involvement but to, can be. But as it was said to me today, he could, he, they, um, he is available to the team um, start at the end of after, as soon as first semester is over. So, I mean, that's kind of where we thought he should go anyway. Right. Uh, like following the, the leaving of Stetson or no in, period in general period. period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially in the especially in this age of, you know, name like name and image like this, right? Right. Oh, definitely that stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is just an extension of what his high school career was going to be like, and as far as following, as far as support, and I mean, those those people are going to buy up. I mean, they were probably buying Stetson jerseys. You know, they were they were probably buying that stuff too. I mean, they're, now they're going to go. I mean, he's, 
and I don't, I doubt very much I had anything to do with his decision to leave Stetson. And I, and I don't think it had anything to do with his decision to go to ball state, but I mean, it, it could have been like originally, I, I would love to know if that was part of the discussion. Although, I mean, we didn't really have the ultimate ruling on how that was going to be handled when he made his decision, though, correct? Right, right. right. So probably wasn't thinking that far in advance. Although he's, what, what is he? He's a barstool athlete. What does that mean? What, I don't even know what that means. Do we know what that means? <laughs> nope. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not chiding it. I, that's complete ignorance. I don't know what that means. Right, it's, right, yeah. I mean, maybe it means they drive some business to him and he's sort of like a spokesman for them. And yeah, sure. I mean, and I think he's the kind of kid of his character as much as we, as much as we go back and forth, like there's a, there's a section of people that think he should have been recruited by big 10 schools. And anytime you refute that, they turn around and they're like, Oh man, you must not like him. Like, no, hell no. He's a mid-major kid. That's my evaluation. I mean, I don't know what your evaluation is, Zach, but to me, he was a mid. To me, he was a, a mid major who who will still struggle defensively. You know, he will he will have to make adjustments defensively, get stronger, get quicker. Um, it is a part of his game that lagged behind his offense, and at of course at Blackford he could not get in foul trouble. So there's a lot of give there as well. Um, what I mean by that is a lot of, you know, providing your, your man extra room. So he. There were times where he did not look good on defense, but that's pretty common when a kid's that important to a team to even at the college level, it's pretty important. Right. It happens where they tell a kid, you know, make sure you're not picking up cheap fouls. And basically that almost moves him back a step or two, but no, I, to me, this is a, a good fit. He's, he's going to be in a system where they run a lot of, they run a lot of sets in, into their, into their primary offense. And I think he's going to get a lot of early opportunities and possessions to get shots. And then he'll be a late, he'll also be as he, especially as he gets strong enough, he'll be a late shot clock guy. He'll be a guy they go to late in the clock. Um, if he's on the floor, just because of his, not only his high level shooting, but his high level decision-making. So, right. right. <clears throat> Any, uh, anything on that before we get to some of these small forwards? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I know I feel, I, I feel I a bustard I, enough. Yeah, I I know I don't believe that he got to visit campus before he went down to Stetson. Do you know? Can you confirm that by chance? According, evidently, he didn't. Right. I honestly don't know how he couldn't. To be blunt, right. right. Um, I understand COVID stuff and everything, but and if that right. ends up being a family decision, then then by all means, I I respect that. You know, right. if they're worried Definitely. about illness and things like that, and you know, that was a different time as far as, well, maybe in terms of contraction rates and cases and hospitalizations. And um, and my point there is, is that there are times there in July, you can't take visits at all. And there have been recruiting situations, one, in spe one specifically, where we made a visit to a college because it was imperative timing wise. It was almost viewed in our in our eyes. It was presented from us, and I say us, I mean the kid and his family, to the school as an act of faith. They were considering taking the commitment of a kid who was a outgoing senior who, um, who became eligible academically 
And so now all of a sudden had interest in, in, in this certain school and they made an offer to one of our guys. And I talked him out of, look, you, if you're willing to wait a year, this kid's an incoming, incoming senior. You got to wait a year to get him. If, if you'll, if you're willing to wait a year to take this kid, like if he commits now, you were waiting a year to get him versus this other kid, you can give this kid time and his family time to make a visit and do the process they want to do to make a decision and their reply was yeah but we don't want to take the chance of the kid just not liking it and losing both and so i went i made a commitment to say look we'll i'll get the kid down to campus i'll set everything up and basically we set up everything and the only thing we couldn't do the only thing you can't do on these visits in july is you can't meet with the basketball staff and you can't have athletics oriented tours and things like that. So I drove him down to campus, not saying the school, not saying the kid. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been over 15 years. So I drove the kid down to campus and we set up the academic advisor meeting. We set up a workout with a former player of mine who was currently on the team. We at a, at a, at a school at, and not on campus. Uh, we did a lot of that planning to get the kid down there. So it, Visiting the campus can be done um, if, if that's really a big deal. Um, I thought one of the selling points of Stetson was the campus, right? As uh, far as I know, yeah, the campus. I'm not sure how their facilities are. That could be. But I'm also one of those guys that poo-poos the idea of what facilities mean. I mean. Right, right. And I'm not saying that's any, a reason either. I'm just saying I'm not sure what they're like is all yeah. I mean, sometimes you can have great facilities, but if you're, especially from an arena standpoint, but if you're not selling it out, you're not packing it. Right. You know, um, I think that's one of the things IUPUI has lost by not playing their home games on campus in the, in the jungle. Cause they, they basically pack that every game and it's, it's an event. It's fun. And then they moved it to the Coliseum. And it's just really quiet in there and it's cold because right. it's also under the top of an ice skating rink. So, all right. So Luke Brown's going to ball state. That's kind of where we thought he should have gone anyway, or at least one of the schools we thought he should have gone. But again, for me, it's, I'm just a Homer. I think you probably thought he shot. He should have gone to GCU or something, right? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I was going to say, as soon as I asked that question, I mean, I don't know if froze. that Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, and maybe, for, maybe that's um, – I'm froze. No, 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 no. Well, as soon as I asked that question, oh. your screen froze. And I was like, oh, great, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you can't be heard. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I'm joking. Maybe distance, was, maybe distance yeah. was a thing for him too, though. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, maybe homesick too. A lot of the discussion around his decision to leave is, is really has a lot to do with distance from home. And I, and I will say this too. I've gone on visits with kids, like official visits, and sometimes you need to go. So this, this could be the legitimate thing on the Stetson thing. They, they could have taken it. They could have figured out a way to get down there logistically. I'm not judging them for not doing it. I'm just saying logistically, they could have done it. Sometimes though, you have to go away from home, even though, even on that visit to know that you don't want to be that far from home. Right. You know, um, we, we took a kid on a visit to George Mason once and, uh, I mean, he hated, he didn't really didn't like it. I thought he would love the campus because it was a diverse campus. 
right in the heart of Washington, D.C. Uh, this particular player was not was not born in the United States, so even though he had been here since a very young child. Um, I, I thought he would be um, – I thought he would love it. So then when the time came to visit Wichita State officially, I was like, man, you can't do that. You're wasting their time. If, you, if you're not willing to go there, you know, where you, I thought it would be a great situation for him. Um, and then he ended up staying close to home. So – um, he knew when he was, when he went to George Mason, he didn't want to be that far from home. And, and sometimes you have to do that. So if that's what came to play in Stetson and he just got a little homesick, then I understand it. Sure. Definitely. Even if homesick just means geography. Cause as I understand it, his family was planning on moving down there. So, all right, man, you got 10 minutes. So let's get to small forwards in the class of 2022. We're going to go since Northern Indiana is your, uh, your sweet spot. We're, Richard Brooks, we're, with what he's got recruiting wise, where I mean, I've got my opinions. Where do you see him fitting in recruiting versus what he has? Yeah, so he's got the one offer, the trine offer, which is a D three up north of Fort Wayne. Um, I've I've thought all, all along he's an NAI kid, uh, maybe Crossroads League, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, I know he's been to Huntington. Uh, I'm not sure if he's been in the other crossroads schools uh wabash is someplace he's been also that's d3 though uh i feel like he's an nai kid he's got a good body he's he's got good strength um he can shoot it um i mean defensively he's working some on that um i mean not not great skill i mean he potentially could play off the ball a little bit or play with the ball a little bit. I mean, I'm sorry, because uh, he can't handle it. But but I I just think he's an AI kid. And I I feel like a place closer to home, like IUSB, maybe even like a Holy Cross, something like that, or even some some uh, CCAC teams in the Chicago area could be on on Richard. I just feel like he's a just a solid NAI ball player. And I I look at him as as his shot improves is, is more of a D2 guy. Um, okay. Cause I think at that point he becomes at that level, he'd be, well, he's definitely going to be a tough matchup at the, uh, at the NAI level. I, I think as his skill improves, he's so strong, good athlete. I, I just still see him as a division two guy. I, again, I view him as a kid. that's kind of under recruited. Um, and, you know, with, and even even at the NAI level, I'm shocked that there's not more more offers. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I don't get. I mean, what's I'm trying to figure out what's missing. I mean, he's six four. He's maybe a touch undersized for. Maybe we're not sure what position he is, but I, I think at the NAI level, I just I think he's he's definitely a combo at that level. Um, I mean, you know, you look at. I just, I've just seen him do a lot of good things against really good competition. And, and I know that doesn't always translate, but I think what, what has been his weak spot has just been shooting from range, shooting from the three point line. And I, and I think that aspect of his game has improved and, and maybe there's a defense development there too, uh, that, that I'm not spending a lot of time paying attention to, but you know, he is, I don't, I don't know that he's a bad defender. I watched him play Lawrence Central last last year, last season, and he, I mean, LC, she's, I mean, basically either was guarding Mickens, their power forward, or or a really quick guard, 
and he, you know, they did sit, they did kind of sit in the zone, I think a little bit, but, um, you know, he's still got to be effective to play against, you know, against LC, you know, against a mixed school. And I, I thought he was, I didn't see it as being a big weakness, I guess is my point. So sure. Right. Right. Uh, Rashid Jones from, uh, well, he's at tech now. Uh, one of those guys, we're not fully sure what his eligibility situation is. I, I need to get that update and that's something we can follow up on. It should be easy enough to figure out, but, uh, his offers are Winthrop and new Orleans. Do we know if he still has those? I, he does. I don't think he does. I, okay. I don't, I don't think those are committable offers. Um, I, you know what? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I my guess is they're not uh, otherwise. I mean, I, that should have been something he's, you know, kind of jumping on. I think be, sure. if, if he decided to slow play a little bit, I mean, he transferred from Marion to elevation prep and now he's at tech. The elevation prep thing doesn't look like it's going that great. Right. Cause everybody's left. Right. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, at least the kids that were there last year. And you've got a couple of guys, you know, like a, who's an older kid, like Michael, e, you know, Ely, um, who didn't see any change in his recruiting. In fact, he didn't even commit to any of the schools that had already offered him. Uh, my understanding is he he's high major or bust. Uh, maybe not bust, but he's, high, he's only considering high majors at this point, and I'm not sure what he's going to be able to do in the short run to, to change anybody's mind on that. But, but with Jones, um, you know, still a good shooter needs to, needs to get stronger. Yeah. Um, I think needs to be able to do show more off the dribble, maybe some playmaking off the dribble. Um, but man, if he can get open, I mean, if he's got a clean catch, he's, he can shoot. Um, but still, the, the the surprise is is that some of these other schools, even the, you know D two schools, haven't stepped up, or even right. even a lot of the NEI schools haven't stepped up. And I wonder sometimes if that's the disposition of the athlete or disposition of the schools. Um, you know, because sometimes sometimes kids will, especially if they get an offer from a school at a certain level, they might quit considering schools at, at a lower level. Um, but sometimes this recruiting process doesn't always go as well, you know, as, as planned. What, where do you, where, where do you see him fitting in at? I mean, I could, I could definitely see him as a D one kid, as a, a shooter in a school like a Winthrop or New Orleans. Had he chosen to go that route, I wouldn't, wouldn't have said that was wrong. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know enough about either one of those leagues. Um. I don't know enough about either one of those leagues to know how, um, you know, how he fits in All right? size wise defensively. Yeah. I mean, um, we know he's athletic. We know he's got length. He can shoot it from about anywhere. I mean, his, his brother's at ball state. I was, his brother's now at ball state after, after a stint at Western Michigan, and Tulsa and the transfer to Tulsa didn't really go well, at least statistically. Um, and of course that was the tail end of COVID. Um, 
So I'm not sure. Well, that no, that would have been the end. So he didn't play last year is basically what's happened. But he had a good two-year run at, at Western Michigan, so it seems to be that he would be able to do well at Ball State. Now, the problem with, you know, with um, Rashid versus his brother Reggie, I mean, Reggie's a, a two, a three, a two or a three, you know, basically a wing. So the same position is just that he's six, seven and two ten. I mean, they have completely different bodies. So looks like he's going to have one year left, maybe two years left, depending on how the COVID thing plays out as far as eligibility. He should have two years left at Ball State. So, um, yeah, I'm a little surprised he doesn't have more going on, even if it's the Division II schools or, or right. Division or, or, or any high schools. At all, so, yeah. Um, any, any of those other guys up there that, like, among the kids we've got ranked that, that you're curious about or, or any of the guys in that tier below up north that you wanted to touch on? Uh, yeah, we kind of talked about A.J. Dixon from Maryville a little bit. Yeah, He's got the three offers. He's got a couple NAIs and then the a JUCO. Uh, Eastern Florida is the JUCO offer he's got. And then he's got Marion and Trinity Christian. So he does have a crossroads offer. He's got a CCAC offer from Trinity. Um, I mean, he's, we know he's super athletic. We've seen him dunk a ton. Uh, can rebound it. I know, I do know he is working on his shot now and his ball handling some, which is what needs to improve for him. But yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he's got tons of upside. Does physically, yeah. And Definitely, he was he yeah. was inconsistent in June. Saw him play a lot, a decent amount in June at the Charlie Hughes. He was inconsistent, but the the athleticism and the the uh, the physical things, the things that you can't teach, are tantalizing. And, you know, Bo Patton does a great job of, of improving his guys and, and getting them in the gym. Um, he's, um, but AJ, I mean, to me, as much as we've got him at the small forward, I, th- I still think sometimes he probably projects better at the power forward spot. Wouldn't you, would you agree? Yeah. I mean, with the skill set he has now, definitely, I think would he be a good four yeah. at the next level if he could. Yeah. And I've seen coaches put guys in position that they're maybe not quite ready for yet just to get them more acclimated. Um, but, you know, I've not seen Merrillville play during the school season to know how they use him. I just know how they tried to use him in June and it was, it was still sloppy. It was still not there yet. But, but again, I, you know, the development in June is, does not mean it's a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. And the, and even now, they still have two months before they have to play a game in, in November. So right. um, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of a different player than what we than what at least what I saw in June and what you saw during the spring. So right. right. Anyone else down there in that group of players that you wanted to touch on before we uh, hit the road? Yeah, probably. I'll talk a little bit about Caden Mana from Marquette Catholic. He's got a Trinity Christian offer right now. I think NAI is a good spot for him. Yeah. Um, him and Nick Meekish from from Kankakee Valley. Yep. Uh, both a couple, or they're both strong guys, uh, great motors on both of them. Uh, I saw Caden a couple times this year, this last school year. Uh, I haven't seen him this summer, but, but he's tough on the rebounding end also or rebounding the ball. also uh, he, he has added an outside shot. So that's improving as well. He's like I said, he's got great size. And then Nick, Mickey, Nick Meek is just like a junkyard dog. Uh, I saw him, he plays for Indiana game. So I saw him a couple times this summer as well. Uh, He's just, like I said, junkyard dog. So he's rebounding everything, diving on the floor, um, can, can score it 
a little bit from outside. I know that's not really his role uh, in the summer. And I guess I haven't, I need to see them, see him this school year. Uh, but I know. Come down Shepard, to the fall league, baby. Okay. And Coach, down Shepard, here. Coach Shepard's trying to get me down there for a, for a weeknight session too. So, yeah, uh, cause he's excited for a couple other kids there at, at Kankakee Valley, but. Yeah, they've got a nice they've got a nice junior forward and a and a good sophomore guard. Yep, so yep. Uh so yeah, Nick's a Nick's a guy. I think I think they're both borderline NAI D three kids. Uh yeah. Caden probably more NAI than Nick right now, but but Nick would be a great addition to any D three program, I feel like. Any of the and I look, people aren't working being able to see the list we're working off of, but any of these guys, um any of these guys that that up north that haven't gotten offers yet that you think should be, even if it's just a couple of the guys you've already mentioned. I mean, Mikosh and yeah, and I, definitely him being one that doesn't have an offer, at least a reported right. offer yet. So right, definitely him. Um, I mean, AJ, we talked about a little bit. I mean, I, I could see him getting some more offers just because of his upside and athleticism already. You know what I'm saying? Um, Grant Out Large is another kid from Laporte. I know he's getting some football interest. Uh, but, but I really like his skill set as a big, big guy for basketball too. I mean, he's got quick feet. He can shoot a little bit. He'll rebound. He can bring it up the floor too, if you need him to, and just a big body and he's still got some skill. So it'll be interesting to see which way he goes. Well, Zach, I know you got to run, so we'll, we'll do that when we, um, so I appreciate your time and, Next week we will be um, we'll, we'll do power forwards and centers uh, together because it's usually not a very large pool individually. Um, but anything else for you? You got to run. Uh, I don't think so. Cool. Well, when we, whenever I co- when we come back, we'll be joined by Nick Baumgart, and we'll he and I will continue talking about the uh, 2022 class small forwards. And I'm sure Nick will have some thoughts of his own on on the Luke Brown situation as well as um, a couple of the commitments that we've already discussed in Edwards um, in um, in Edwards and uh, Conwell. So, Zach, appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks. We're joined now with by Nick or with Nick Baumgart. By with, how's that work? I don't know. Nick Baumgart is here. Your world, Jim. I'm just living. We are. It's Tuesday morning at 9:30. We are recording this in segments. We talked about that a little bit with Zach. You know what? Last night. So last night, Zach and I were finishing up, and as soon as we got done, I don't know about two minutes after we got done, he sends me a text. He's like, "Man, how did we forget Charlie Williams?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no doubt. How did I forget Charlie Williams?" Uh, Charlie Williams committed to William and Mary and uh, and then Grant Brown, the other another one we didn't get into the, into the database, uh, committed to Rose Holman. So or did not commit. I'm sorry. Wow. Back up. Wow. Was offered by Rose Holman. Sorry, Grant. You did not commit to anybody yet to our knowledge. So Charlie Williams to William and Mary. Um, and, then, and then last night, Nick, obviously the other commitments that that Zach and I talked a little bit about Ryan Conwell and Jackson Edwards, and then Logan Lacknow or Lankanow uh, committed to Wittenberg. I think we talked a little bit at length about Conwell and Edwards. 
su surprised by either one of those or what, you, what do you think about either one of those? Yeah, I mean, I think the Commonwealth of South Florida really surprises me. You know, I don't we, know. We why. talked a little bit about that. Um, not that it, why, why did it surprise you? I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are on that. Just because anytime a kid leaves that goes that far away, yeah, it's surprising to me. I mean, I, it's just, you know, I mean, I know it sounds like a good idea during the commitment process and stuff, but you just rarely see a kid actually pull the trigger. That's all. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about playing style or any, I did not talk to him or anything like that. I just, it just surprises me in, in that regard, just because anytime a kid decides to go that far, you know, when, it, when the, you have options, I guess is right. He had a lot of, lot of really good options. So, well, and we, we talked to look South Florida's in the AAC. I had to look that up because I couldn't remember again. When I say look that up, I meant we had to look it up. Sure. I, I had to look it up when Zach and I were talking about it. It's the same conference that Cincinnati was in, right? Was it, it is. Yeah. The AAC. So it's, a, I mean, it's a high major league. It's not, I, you know, a power, you know, there's power five football, there's power six basketball. The big East would be the sixth one there because obviously this version of the big East doesn't have football. Um, the, the AAC is very much a high major conference. Now they are losing. They are going to, um, is South Florida the team among the teams that are going to the Big 12? No, it'll be Central Florida. Okay, Central Florida. All right, see, there we go. I get those crap schools. I get those, sure. those schools confused. They're not crap schools. I get them confused. Um, but the ASC up to this point has been a multi-bid league, so I'm curious to see what happens in the wake of those four teams leaving for the Big 12. I wonder if that was part of the process. Um, so you're going to have BYU, Central Florida, uh, Cincinnati. So you're going to lose Cincinnati and Central Florida. I don't know. Tell me the fourth school. I can't remember off the top of my head. Hold on. Let me get there. Let me, let me get there. But, yeah, while you're looking that up, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you take Cincinnati out of the mix. I think that. I mean, they lose Cincinnati, they lose Houston. Yeah. Uh, they lose Central Florida, and they lose – and then and then BYU comes from a different direction. So BYU doesn't actually come from this. So that leaves East Carolina, Memphis, SMU, South Florida, Temple, Tulane, Tulsa, and Wichita State. So that's still a good conference. Still strong. Uh, although Cincinnati and Houston really drag up – really drag up the, R the RPI of that conference as well. I don't know if you're going to get two bids. I mean, I don't know if you would get three, maybe two, three is. They definitely, yeah. With, with what's remains, they looks like they would struggle to get more than two or three. Uh, typically this group is, I don't know how many they got in last year. Verbal commits has some video going on in their background. And it's very disturbing. Um, disruptive is probably the better word not disturbing but um they yeah i don't know it's it, how much of that is in play when you're making a decision i don't know i mean it's still a good conference it, it still has the potential of being a multi-bid league and you look at his other offers uh, you know wichita state was in that conference and you know obviously virginia tech is a is what an ACC offer. Um, they, 
ouch, just a tweet just came across. Karis LeVert has a stress fracture in his back. Um, let's see. Was there a timetable? Could return around the start of the season. Okay, that's a good sign. All right. Um, you know, but you're, you're, you're talking about distance from home. Are you talking about distance from home because it's too far from home or what? No, just I, being far. I mean, like name how many, how many players, I don't know. I have to sit here. Maybe I'm wrong, but anytime a player goes, you know, too far from, you know, I mean, from Luke Indiana, Brown to yeah. Stetson. Wait, at, nope. Sorry. Where, where's he at? You know, <laughs> I know I was, I did that on purpose. You got LT Hatton is at William and Mary. Um, yeah. You know, um, Hyde Breeder and, and uh, Vince Brady are at Air Force. Right. It happens. I'm just saying more times than not. When you have that many great options, I guess, is what – when you have so – I mean, I thought when I looked at his list, I thought he had a lot of really good options, you know. But, hey, he does. my I mean, old he buddy does. I mean, Brian, Brian Gregory at South Florida, who uh, yeah. he was part of my ghost recruitment when he was at Northwestern as an assistant, he ghosted me. Um, <laughs> hey – he can recruit. Pulled Conwell down to South Florida. I mean, they're like, what is that, Tampa? Who I don't, yeah, I don't Tampa? know. Who I don't know. Tampa to play basketball. Um, yeah, it's in Tampa. Is that, oh, oh. is that South Florida? It seems yeah. more like Central Florida to me. Yeah, it's like Northern Florida. Like, closer really? to Northern than. But yeah, no, it's it no Central Florida is in Orlando, so they're just right by each other. Um, Absolutely, anyway. yeah, I knew that because we, we played there. We've. Yeah, right. A, one of the events, one of the AAU events down there bled into Central Florida, did, bled into the, uh, before they changed the rules, bled, bled I played into there the in Center. 1997, and yeah. it was and just a little Central Florida fact, because uh, I'm actually going to watch Joey Hart's workout today, and Johnny Dawkins from Central Florida is going to be there. We'll be up here, yep. They have 70,000 students, biggest university in the country. Um, yeah. When well, we were how, much there, there how much of that is part of their part of their extension program though so that's the only oh that's big i don't know that doesn't matter yeah seventy thousand is a lot but yeah well, no, anyway you know but with south florida they uh they were really good a couple years ago they haven't been very good for lately they got a really good little shooting guard going down there well conwell will make them better there's no yep. question and, yep. and and we i was like you we were discussing we discussed distance from home a little bit last night but then you looked at the caliber of the conference, but then I'd forgotten that that's the same conference to sit this, the schools that are leaving for the big 12. So it's diminished a little bit, but there's still like, you know, Memphis, there's still, there's still other schools in there. What did we say? Memphis and Wichita state. And, yeah. And um, Tulsa Tulane. I mean, those are all temple. Those are all schools. East Carolina is kind of an interesting one. That's where uh, Javon small is. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. So maybe, you know, maybe my theory's all all wet, but I just, you know, no, eight, it's, nine, it's nine tough. times out of ten. They, they... Look, you're of an age now where you're coaching kids, and, and I coach kids. I always tell our guys that if we discuss, I think we discussed this last week, at least Zach and I did. If you're if you're making a decision based on distance from home because you want to be close to home, then that's probably a bad idea. Uh, if you if you are if you are making decisions about being closer to home because you absolutely positively want your mom and dad or family, however extended that discussion becomes to be at your games, then that's a little bit more of a noble pursuit. I mean, I just always encourage 
Like, even if you go to, like, if you're an indie kid and you go to Butler, I would say, don't go home. <laughs> you know, yeah. not even to do laundry, do laundry, do everything on campus. Yeah, because eventually you're going to wear out of that and you're going to end up being in doc, you know, you're going to end up being embedded into your, your, your campus life. If you're doing right. it, if yeah. you're doing it properly. I mean, says the guy who lasted one year at Indiana and then came home to IUPUI. But, but at the same time, that's, I mean, kind of like learn from my mistakes, you know, learn from, yeah, you don't learn do from what I did. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get too far down this path. I don't regret it because I started doing things here that I wouldn't have been able to do because I was close to home. I was, um, you know, I was also, I was able to work for my father while going to school. I was able to, I started coaching because of it, uh, because then I had free time on my hands. So, um, you know, and here we are 30 years later, but it's, you know, here you and I are podcasting. So that's how we met. I would have never met you. No. Um, so that's, you know, so, you know, it's, but I would still say if you're doing it because you physically want to be close to home, because it's, it's an attachment thing, then I would say you're making a mistake. You got to go where the best opportunity is basketball wise. You got to go where the best opportunity academic wise is for the, for the opportunities you're given and, you know, do that. But I don't, I, you're, you're right. It is, I mean, kids go, they get homesick. It, it happens. I mean, look at Luke Brown, you know, down at Stetson reportedly, you know, parents were going to move down there and, and reportedly still wasn't feeling it. So um, home isn't just about parents. So I, I good, good call. I mean, early, whether, you know, yeah, the, the Williams commitment to William and Mary was a little surprising too, just because he's a year behind Hatton that that's going there. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a lot of duplication. They are defensively the same position. Um, Hatton's skill sets a little bit more refined just because I think he's stronger. Um, but you know, Charlie is, um, Charlie's probably got a chance to, you know, he'll, he's probably longer. I don't know if he's as big though. Is he as tall as Hatton? No. Hatton's close to 6'11. Yeah. And I think Charlie's not 6'10, 6'9, maybe 6'9 and a half. That Hatton was a kid that I really wanted our coach in that age group back then when he was a freshman to go after him, but he was like, nah, he's too slow and uh, he might have been then but you know yeah he was so, he was physical and hard in hard working you know and obviously it's paid off so i'll be interested to see what happens with him at william mary this year you know will he play right away comes from a really good high school program was coached you know really well i mean you look at their you look at their roster they're they've got a senior who's 6'9 225 don't know what his skill set is they've got a sophomore who's listed as a forward. I mean, Hatton's listed as a forward. So I don't know what any of that means. If, um, you know, now if they're running blocker mover, then it's a hell of a fit, you know, and I don't, I don't know anything about what they do offensively. And that, that may be something to consider uh, before getting too deep into it. Um, but, but just a lot of, I look at what both those guys do away from on the defensive end of the floor. And they, in that regard, especially seem pretty similar in who they can guard. And so I was just, 
I wonder how that'll play out, but you know, we'll know. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, they obviously William and Mary thinks it's going to work or they wouldn't have gone as hard after Charlie as they did. So I don't think Charlie probably thinks it's going to work or he wouldn't have went for it. Absolutely. Oh, clearly. Yeah. I would like to hear Charlie's take on it. Sure. Well, I mean, they're all, their takes are all the same. I mean, it's, I mean, it's great fit. Love the coaches, love the campus, you know? Yeah. But a little more detail on the fit. I get it. True. How are you, how are you going to play with LT? Oh, well, this is what they explained to me. They said, you know, they're going to play us together. They're going to play us. We're each going to get about 25, 26 minutes early. I don't know. I'm just... I could also picture Charlie being a redshirt candidate. hundred percent. Because I thought, I thought just with it was his, his body type. Yeah. And I just, I've always said that, um, but, you know, I felt like if he waited, that he, you know, he had a chance to get some some P six attention, you know, if he went if he went the post grad route, but you know, that's I, a pretty big physical leap, though. That's just again with his body type. It's it's one of those things. Like he's sometimes you get a kid. I mean, I, I I've coached a couple of kids like this. So Chase McFarland was a great example of a kid that from from Illinois that played for us, class of two thousand five. Uh, he did prep school. He he did it. He, it did up his recruiting. He his through his senior year, he was recruited mostly by Ohio Valley schools and low major programs or low major low D1 programs. And he ended up going to Wake Forest and starting there for three years. And and so that's to your point. But at the same time, he was seven feet tall. And the one thing that we really really concerned ourselves with in talking to schools, especially when he was at prep schools, were Anybody that talked about putting 40 to 50 pounds on him, we just completely dismissed out of hand yeah, no because the, the body type that he had, very thin, sh- very narrow shoulders, um, narrow hips. He was not going to be able to sustain that kind of weight gain and be healthy. No, I don't need healthy. Sure. And, you know, Wake and Marquette, Crean there was up there at the time, Wake and Marquette. And I want to say Virginia Tech – Gosh, I'm going to have to remember that one. Um, but definitely those two schools were more in the lines of 20 to 25 pounds. And we think he can compete and help us win games. And ultimately, he picked Wake Forest. And and like I said, he was basically a three-year starter for them. And, and you know, he was not much more than a rim protector and a, and a you know, a second, you know, a secondary catch guy. I don't think they ever just completely went to him and, let him go to work. He wasn't this big, low post presence. Um, he never was that. In high school, he just struggled with the contact. I mean, we had him and Nick Rogers and Jordan Armstrong, so um, we were pretty we were pretty good up front. I mean, our damn our backup center went to Wake Forest. So, um, but you know, the weight issue was was a big deal, and it was mostly about body type. and And that's where I would look at Charlie and think you can't get too carried away about packing weight on him because I think his body would break down. So, but to Charlie's credit, this was a kid last year that came out already had a couple of division one offers um, it going into his junior year and struggled mightily to start the year. I think there was some, definitely some purpose behind like some intent behind what was going on. It wasn't reactionary on how he was played and how he was used. He did have some early foul trouble some foul trouble early in the year. Um, 
but it was all trying to get him to play a certain way and, and in a way that would, would eventually allow him to expand his game. It was his development throughout the year that I think as, I mean, as good of a year Carmel had, I think it was Charlie's development that really put them at a position where, you know, put them over the top. And especially in a couple of games where he just was stronger and tougher and, and, you know, then what that did was open up, open up his game facing the basket where his releases still could, could get quicker, but he is definitely, you know, he definitely developed to the point where he was reliable inside and out. I think last year they thought uh, they, they really wanted him to be more of an inside presence to start and then work his way out rather be outside in. And um, it was a slow start for him last year, but then it finally, and I think he was on board with it. I don't know that he liked not playing a whole lot, a couple of those games, but, but he was on board with it because the kid continued to work and he took coaching and, you know, that's part of why he's successful. And that's, and that's part of any successful program is just kids that accept the coaching they get, especially when it's good. And, and um, you know, it's and tested, I guess is, it's definitely been tested well here. So, but, but um, you know, he's, he's going to have a chance to have a really good college career and I'm looking forward to his senior year. He's a little bit banged up right now. So hopefully he's not out too long. So what's going on with him? Um, I really don't know. I don't, I didn't ask. I was there Thursday, uh, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask stuff like that. Um, it's not on my business. I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would share it, even if I knew it. Didn't look too serious. He was doing some stuff individually. He just wasn't going. He just wasn't going on anything that was okay. It's not like got like a, a big cast on his nose. Correct. Yeah. No. <laughs> nothing is what. Yeah. Nothing as serious as what Pete. It's what Pete did in the summer. Now. Okay. Pete, that's that's Pete, my big. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Pete. Well, Pete looked good. Um, but he was. But Charlie was doing things individually off to the side, working with. Coach Morris, and um, just kind of taking it easy. Um, so, all right, man, small forwards. Under-recruited yeah. small forwards. What, what do we got? What In the 2022 class, it's, it's not a huge list. Um, Zach focused on a couple of Northern Indiana guys before he had to, before he had to check out Richard Brooks, especially Rashid Jones, especially. And then we touched on AJ Dixon and Caden Mana. Any, uh, just like starting in the, in the, you know, toward the top part of the list, like Pete Suter, Billy Smith, or, I mean, those guys are, both those guys have offers. Both those guys have, you know, Billy's got a handful of offers. Pete's got just a little bit more. How do you feel about their recruitment? Are they being recruited where you think they should be? Are they too low, too high, too whatever? You said you said Billy and you said Peter. <laughs> Make sure you're still there. Yeah. Sorry, I got the window covered. Yes, Billy and Pete. Oh, man, Pete's all over the over the place, isn't he? As far as uh, position wise, like. You know, well, you mean in terms of position on the floor? Guard, small forward now, he could play a little point guard in college is, is what Coach Osborne thinks, feels. I mean, I I don't disagree in the right system, right place. So, yeah, no, but, I mean, Peter, I love Peter. You know, I think he's super, super, super underrated just as, as far as being a winner. 
And I think it's, that's really hard because it doesn't come up. It doesn't show up in stat sheets or anything like that. Uh, you know, you can't rip off a stat line that says, oh, this, this, this. I just don't think his true value comes out in statistics. So, you know, I think the fact that he's 70 and 10 with two state titles and he's played, I want to say, the toughest, the third toughest and maybe the fifth toughest strength of schedule in the state in three years. Yeah. Um, you know, and people will say, well, it's it's Carmel. Carmel makes Peter Suter, and I would I would just vehemently fight that. I think Peter Suter makes Carmel. And well, he was anybody that anybody that would say that didn't watch him as a freshman. The way he impacted games, right. yeah, just with his hustle. And I mean, here's a kid that that shot three seven threes his entire freshman year and didn't didn't make any of them. It was not a big part of his game. It was it was not a confident part of his game. Uh, it was, it was even, even in the, even as that summer, that spring started to roll out, he did not shoot the ball well. And a lot of that changed late in his freshman school year when I'm sure he was in the gym way more than before I started seeing him there, but, but it started to produce basically. And you, you got to June and you saw a little bit more refinement in his mechanics. And this was heading out, you know, after his after his sophomore year or after his freshman year. And obviously his sophomore year, I mean, I could be a homer and sit here and tell you that, I mean, I didn't pick them to win state two years ago, 2020. I, I believe I picked Lawrence North to beat Munster in the championship game. And I mean, Munster didn't even win the sectional. Of course, COVID wiped it all out after that anyway. Um, so Carmel was primed to be in a position to at least defend the championship they won in 2019. And I mean, heading into that, heading into that school year, it still wasn't, he didn't shoot threes early in games in early in the early games of his sophomore year. He didn't really start shooting threes until after the Lawrence central game when Lawrence central kind of put the wood to him. And then he started to open up his game more and you could just see it. it he, and he, I'm going to tell you, he probably didn't shoot a good percentage his, his sophomore year, probably right around 30%. But, and I might be off of a, a couple of percentage points, give or take, but you could see it becoming a more fluid part of his game. And, and there were times as a, as a sophomore, he, where he wasn't consistent offensively in terms of volume in terms of aggression uh, in, in, but the other parts of his game have, have remained. It's, you know, the, the rebounding, the, the hustle, the defense. I mean, he's Carmel's, I mean, I'll sit here and tell you Josh Wack is an excellent defender and Pete Suter may be a better defender. Um, and Carmel's year, his sophomore year turned around when Waddell got healthy and was dynamite in February and, and absolutely huge in the sectional. That's why I always thought that that's why I thought coming going into 2020 tournament that Carmel had a chance to repeat is because that was as healthy as they had been all year and they were really firing. Um, but now suitors to a point where he is, he's just attacking people and that's what he was doing in the spring before he got hurt. And he looks really healthy. He looked really healthy Thursday in open gym. I don't think I'm divulging any secrets there. 
you know, I think everybody fully expects him to be 100% come time the season uh, starts. I probably think he's still got some conditioning to improve on. But all those guys did. <laughs> all those guys did on Thursday. They were all dragging. Everybody in the state does. Hang, yeah, hanging out on their knees yeah. uh, with about 40 minutes to go in the, in the workout. So um, somebody told me last week that Indiana was going to offer him that, like, soon like within the next couple of days and i i didn't buy into that i yeah. dismissed it i dismissed it yeah i dismissed it out of hand just because i hadn't heard of anything about it yeah um i i mean as much as i love him he's still i think he's i think his recruiting's right where it should be right i mean do you disagree i mean yeah. i could see a high major program fall in love with him and you know saying this is our glue guy and this year yeah yeah if he does it again this year yeah See a high major jumping in, for but sure. he's going to make his decision before that, right? He's going to make his decision. He makes his decision in the fall. This is, I think, kind of what's what it's going to be. Yeah. Well, when I talked to him, I felt I kind of left the con. Now this has been, I want to say, about a month ago. I talked to him okay. about it, and I left our conversation, our text conversation, thinking he's he's content waiting. Like he's confident. Yeah. I think he's he's interested to see if there is any high major interest that jumps out because, like I said, like there's a chance. I mean, I think he could certainly he certainly has the talent. Like he could show up uh, at a high high major program and, and hold his own. You wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, this kid is now. He could hold his own now, uh, just because he he knows how to play. He knows how to play. He makes winning plays, right? And I think the be- his best basketball is ahead of him. Just like you said, I mean, it takes so long to become a good shooter. He's not even been a good shooter the last couple of years. So, like, he's not even there yet. You know, like, he's, he's working to it. Um, but it's going to take, take time. And, and I think that's going to come out his, his, in, his, in his college years. He's going to have a great, great, great college career wherever he ends up. But up to this point, yeah, I mean – You know, he just doesn't fit the maybe athletically what what some of the high major guys are, are just looking for. But I mean, he's, I mean, he's I get he has the, yeah, I think he has the athleticism, and I he definitely has the he definitely has aggressive mentality on the defensive end. To yeah, I agree on the athleticism. I think that his the perception on him though is that he's not right. Well, but he's I mean he's he's above the rim. For sure. He tries to be more and more. He's getting more and more. I, 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 like I said, I don't I've think been, he's, a, I don't think he's as, and I could be wrong. I don't think he's as springy as Waddell. No, I wouldn't say that either. But, but, but Waddell is going to be a case too of, of what happens to him at Purdue. I think he's redshirting this year. I mean, it'll be a case of, of how stuff like that goes. You know, yeah, I mean, you, uh, but but I believe. Do I believe in Peter? Yes, I mean I do, and, and I've gotten into it with people about over that. You know, no, I'm I'm a Peter Suter. <laughs> I'm a believer. Yeah, I am. I mean, I try, I mean, I absolutely just try to be objective and and where he's look. I I kind of want our guys, and by our guys, I mean kids I coach. I want them to go to a place where they get a little bit of run as a freshman. They're they're into rotation as a sophomore, if not a little sooner, and they're the among the best players at their position in their conference by the time they're juniors and seniors. 
you know, and that was, and, you know, I, I think that's how you get the most, assuming you, you know, you go to a quality program, that's how you get the most out of your experience um, collegiately, unless you're just a guy that's going to go into a high major and step in and start right away or, or go into whatever school you are and start right away. Obviously that's different, but, but in terms of the, that for me, that's the floor experience that I would, that I would encourage a player to, to, to consider. To seek out. Yeah. I, and I'm a believer in walk-ons. I mean, I've had, you know, we, I coached a kid, Johnny Jager, who's outstanding high school player at, at uh, Bloomington South and was going to go to, went to Wabash and had a great freshman year. And, you know, and they had a couple of our kids off that, off our, off that good 2015 group that I had. And I mean, I was surprised he went to Indiana, especially I'm really surprised now because he's not coaching. I thought he was doing it because he wanted to be a coach. Um, and when you're from Bloomington South walking on in Indiana is kind of different, but, but uh, if you're from Indiana, yeah, definitely Bloomington. Yeah. And I mean, it, look, it was, I guess I would have wanted him to be in a position where he was playing a lot, you know, and getting a chance to, to watch him play and, and support him on that end. And it's funny because his, I talked to him yesterday and yesterday was his birthday. And I, and it's just now as I'm talking about him, thought I thought a big reason why he did that was because he wanted the end, you know, he wanted to be able to step into some sort of coaching position. Sure. And he, he did, he was a, you know, he was a GA at IU for, you know, a couple of years under coach Miller, but, but he's now out of coaching. So it doesn't mean he can't go back, but he is in the business world now. And coach Miller no doubt a lot of former players out of coaching. Do what? He put Miller Archie put a lot of coaches out of out of coaching, man. He put uh, Elson out, Johnny yeah. out, like bring him back, man, bring him back, right? Well, but, but I'm talking more along the lines of yeah, walking on, and I mean, I would have, I guess, I'd rather. That's just a lot of work to not play, and maybe that's how I look at it because yeah. I'm out of shape. Well, that's exactly. I mean, it is a lot of work. You always. There you go. You're always doing work bit. anyway. So Billy Smith. Man, I don't Army, know. Army, Bellarmine, Indiana Wesleyan, Lipscomb, Marion, Miami of Ohio. I mean, he has got a, a solid trio of mid-majors there with Miami, Lipscomb, Bellarmine. Um, Army's never bad. Army's awesome on your resume without question from an academic and professional standpoint. Uh, what do you what do you think of his recruit? Is there should there be more? There could be more. I mean, uh, to me, to me, he in a lot of ways he was, and I've talked to him about this, and and I, it's not a bad thing or knock, but I felt like he was kind of viewed as kind of like the poor man's Billy Smith or uh, poor man's Connor Asijan, like he was the backup option to Connor. But I think as far as college goes, I mean, he could have just as, as successful college career, if not, if not a better college career. He's bigger. Um, he can shoot it. He goes to the right spot. You know, he's he's every bit as as has every bit of the potential that that Asijan has going to Wisconsin. Um, he, he showed some shot making in June that I hadn't seen yet. 
Yeah, his growth, you know, yeah. off the dribble was really good. I mean, that's and that's what I mean by shot making. I mean, he's he's he was a good shooter during the school year, but he he just showed a different level of shot making, and that's exactly where you went with it. Is the ball is the ball handling being able to get into his shot? Yeah, and so that's why I think you know it's a little more time, and and because he's got size, who knows, he could squeeze out another inch. Uh, man, he's a kid that, 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 yeah, I mean, if I'm a Ohio Valley school, even a Missouri Valley school, uh, certain, you know, certain, you know, Evansville, I thought would have been a really good spot for him. I mean, they're always looking for shooting and, and, you know, he's got size, great kid, you know, he's hungry. He's got a little chip on his shoulder. When I, when I talked to him this summer, he's like, man, why, what's up with my recruitment? You know? And I just said, Hey man, just, they want to see you be consistent. And I think that's something that a lot of when people say, oh, he's sleeping on me. Oh, he's do. Oh, they're I'm getting. No, they're just trying to judge and and make sure that you're an everyday guy. Um, You know, and I think that was kind of a situation with Billy. You know, they're trying to figure out what's is he just a catch and shoot guy? And, And I think like we've discussed, he's more than that. I mean, he showed more than that. He showed the possibility to be more than that. And I think when that happens, then you kind of have to step back and say, okay, well, let's, let's reassess where we're at with this, with this prospect, how good could he be? You know, where's he at? And so I think, you know, when your game changes, I think, you know, it takes a little more time. Well, I mean, Miami was the first D one to step into the ring and, and I, and I think they were kind of hoping to, you know, to keep that to themselves for a little bit longer. And of course, then Billy went out and had a tremendous two weekends in June when the, when the coaches could come out and that, and that kind of spoiled out a little bit and killed it. I mean, it, killed it at Charlie Hughes. And you know, the reality of it is if it's, unless some high major starts stepping in, like it did sort of later with Connor with the Seijin, I mean, when he, when he asked what's wrong with my recruiting, the answer is, well, it, unless it jumps a level, it's going to be more of the same. I mean, Miami is a good situation for him. I think, you know, <laughs> close to home, um, Lipscomb, Bellarmine, those are good army. Those are good situations. I mean, army's not for everybody. You you've got to know what you want to do after college if you go to a, a military academy. Um, Don't you think Bellarmine would be really good? Like, I agree. Miami's. Um, I have a brain block on Bellarmine just because of how they handled a recruitment situation a few years ago, and uh, it'll be a while before I get over it. They mistreated a family so badly, but. Um, I don't begrudge a kid that likes it or, or wants to go there. I just, I, I don't know what the fit is there. I have no clue, but I mean, Miami, when Miami offered, I thought, Oh, he looks like, you know, a typical, he looks like a, he, he looks like, I mean, Miami's a great situation. Great, great location. Um, I like know, it's, a, yeah. it's a high academic school. That's a very, very high academic family. Uh, the, the, you know, one of the older brothers is, was a very good student at Zionsville, played basketball there. Uh, Billy has surpassed him basketball wise. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a very successful family and it's. He visited just, Cornell. Yeah. I mean, he's, oh, um, I would, I would have thought if you'd have told me last summer, last heading into last spring, that he was starting to pull some Ivy league school offers. I would have Patriot leagues. I would have not been one surprised by even a, a, you know, a degree um, that Miami jumped on board first 
was was a little bit surprising just because I didn't know they were really looking at him just yet. And now, you know, but he went in and had a really good camp there. I think we're far enough removed that we can comment without upset the boat too badly. He was really good at their camp, their team camp. I think it was their team camp. It was one of, yeah, it was their team camp in June. Mm-hmm. And they, they pretty much offered him, you know, at the, at the first significant conversation. And, and then he was really good. Like you said, we both saw him play at Charlie Hughes and he was really good. And the, the shot making was different. He just was a different player than what I saw even during the, the school season at Burbuff. And I, and I hadn't, I watched him even a couple of weekends in April. And I still think in June, he was noticeably better than what I saw in April. And I, they're playing in the, he's playing in the fall league and I'm looking forward to seeing what he looks like now, having not seen him play for, you know, three months. I mean, I didn't see him in July because we were at different locations, but we're, you know, looking forward to seeing his development and, and hey, what, how, what it looks like. How good is Burbos going to be? Are they your number one in three A? Uh, I, I don't, did they get somebody move in? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. They're going to be really good. I mean, I don't think they're, I definitely don't think they're my off the cuff. Number one. I mean, I still think North Harrison's going to be awfully good. Um, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, they lost a decent amount of, they lost, a good amount of players unless they got somebody in there that I'm not sure of, or, or a couple of those sophomores who played JV as freshmen really, really step up. Yeah. I think um, the going to be really good. I think that's just my, that's just my call. My, my, my September call. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Um, Chandler Jackson from Warren central surprised that he doesn't have anything like we don't have any reported offers for him. Are we missing something? I don't know. I, I mean, I think he's. I, I think he's from him. Yeah, I think he's the. I think he's a Division two kid. I, as well as he shoots it, as I think as well as he can defend, he probably could rebound a little more. Um. <laughs> bless you. <laughs> we gotta me. get you to hit that mute button before you do that. <laughs> I couldn't find him. I could not. You all right? So Chandler Jackson is, uh, you know, athletic, big, athletic. No, I think he's ideal Division II, uh, a four. He's a D2 four to me. Well, he certainly would be big enough to be able to guard it. Uh, would he be he, ideal at, like, Kentucky Wesleyan? Yeah, I mean, any. I think any of those GLVC schools would, would be good for him. Um, now they're, they're not in the GLVC, but, yeah. Oh, the way. Oh, that's right. My bad. But yeah, no, I mean, well, any of those GLVC schools would be, any, they would be any GLVC. Same, same, re- same response. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you does it surprise just, me. I just don't know. Maybe, maybe, the, I don't know. Maybe they got something going on behind the scene. I didn't know. But if you don't have shoot. anything, I don't have anything. Yeah. He shoots. I, I've always liked him. I've always, I mean, he's been a, He's been a key part of Warren Central because he's been their best shooter. Um, you know, he's he's been their best shooter for a while. I mean, or at least obviously one of them. Um, you know, he's been able to create space necessary. I mean, obviously him and Deontay Davis are going to be, you know, 
were going to be key key components to their season this year. Um, Again, I think he's a spring guy. You know, I think he's a guy that yeah. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd say at this point, you carry your, uh, you know, you carry your team, and and, and how far you go, and it, you're going to create I mean, opportunity for yourself. I mean, as much as you, as much as teams would focus on stopping, you know, stopping penetration from Sean East as much as, or yeah, Sean East as much as they would focus on stopping penetration from Malik Stanley. You know, it was Chandler that provided the space. It was Chandler that, you know, you couldn't leave him because um, you, you couldn't leave him because he would burn you. Uh, so I, I'm just I'm surprised there's there's nothing there as far as that goes. But um, Kale Vanderbush uh, from Plainfield just committed to Iowa for football. Football, football. Yeah. He would have been a good basketball guy, though. I yeah. Dustin Smith really liked him. Yeah, I like him a lot. I've liked him uh, when I saw him as what was he, he was a sophomore. Uh, I can't remember who it was against, but it was late in the year. And you know, Coach Weaver's got that thing turned around and and uh-huh. producing there at Plainfield. They're you know they're going to be good every year now. I think. Um, but yeah, he's a football player. Um, Hagen Knapp is uh, among the quirkiest, most herky jerky players I've seen in a long time. Very, very unorthodox uh, style of play. Um, sneaky good shooter. Probably not. You probably wouldn't teach your kid to shoot like him, but he, but he can hit it. He can get shots off the dribble. He's got that. He's got a little bit of man and Ginobili in him. Right. And obviously they win a ton of games, but he's just got the one grace offer. What's, what are we missing here? What, I mean, he should be there should be more on him, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. There should, yes, there should be. I mean, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, herky-jerky, and I think that scares people off. And I don't mean that in a bad way um, at all, because I do think he should be recruited more. He's he's an appreciation guy. You have I mean, he has his great vision. Him. Yes, you've got to watch him for a while. You've got to, you've got to talk to people that are around him. You know, you talk to Josh Thompson and, and you know, he's he's obviously going to be a little bit of a homer, but like he's like, no, Nick's I put the homer away. Like this kid, I see him every day and I've got such an appreciation for him. And so you start to to really watch him play and, and you do. He's got great vision. He can, can make plays and, and he's a really high level shooter. Uh, would not teach my kid to shoot like that, but it goes in. He's he's got size. Um, I mean, we wouldn't teach our kids to shoot like Reggie Miller, but he was one of the best shooters of all time, right? So, no, certainly, it's you know. it's consistency of mechanics. It's it's are they repeatable? Can you repeat your shot exactly? Yep. He repeats it, and uh, it goes in, and and so we'll see. You know, this is his year. This year, this is his team. This year. Um, hey, if Grace offers you, you're pretty good. Uh, I'm just gonna put it like that. Coach Moore doesn't doesn't waste his time with with you know they're recruiting at a high level right now. They got um, uh, you know, but they lose Kurt. Um, and oh, Bar uh, Reeve loses. Yeah, Bar Reeve loses Kurt. Yep, and Graber. And, and Bryson Graber, and that's so now it's 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 Hagen's team, 
And, you know, we're going to see what, what they can do. And he's got, he's going to have a little bit of a challenge uh, just getting out of that sectional. So they get out of that sectional and then he can make, make some noise. You know, he creates his opportunities for him this, himself this year, but, but a kid that, that no, certainly every, in a, every crossroads league should be at least, you know, have eyeballs on. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, if they had the need, I mean, he's, he he could be a he could be a primary ball handler from the two or three. He can be he could be a secondary ball handler, or, or and I'm and I mean by that I mean playmaker. Um, I don't know. I was pretty impressed with him, especially the first half against Carmel. He did he did struggle against length in the in the second half, but they all did. Uh, there there was uh, the the summer before the the weird COVID summer that we had that went from like June to late August. Uh, he he did play up on a team with Graber, and they played. Uh, I'm gonna forget which team they play. They played. Um, it may have been one of the Indiana Elite teams, and just struggled against that athleticism. You know, the, just the different athleticism. They kind of got smothered by it. Um, and but a lot of it wasn't them. It was the you know the couple of other kids that just never see it. And I thought Hagen handled himself quite well in, in that environment and i don't know I'm, I'm i'm curious to see why what the weight is and what's going on but um I thought I you're muffled nick i thought maybe at one point go. that he might be a good fit like at usi yeah but you know they're talking about going division one now yeah well they've been talking about that way for a while i think that's one reason why Stan left Indianapolis and went down there because their, I mean, their facilities are really good and and as someone like me can poo-poo facilities because it's still still the same kind of you know it's basketball court it's four walls it's basketball, um, but you you've got to have those facilities if you're going to move to Division One level and they've they put the money in to do it and I think that's I think that is their plan and why why Stan left Indianapolis um, for but that I think job. that's part of their pitch you know to, to recruit. Yeah. So I don't know if that's necessarily a fit anymore. Yeah. You know, with Hagen, I don't know. I, I, you, you do have to recruit up. I mean, you have to recruit up if you're going to make that jump. You can't just roll in with the guys, with with guys that you've, right? You know, competed with. You know, at that at you know at the Division two level. So. I think one of the problems, you know, with Hagen, you know, if he's in Northern Indiana, I think he's got a lot more attention, right? You know, it just it just seems like there's not the, the Crossroads League is not in Southern Indiana. It's yeah. in Northern Indiana. So they're they're just their opportunities to see him are more, I think. Um, you know, it takes a little time, you know, even like Bryson ended up at Grace, but it took some time. I mean, it was it was last spring before he he had decided on that. So Yeah. Well, we're still impacted by COVID, so Okay. Um Anybody else that you wanted to discuss that you think is maybe there's probably a little under recruited. I think we've gone through the guys that we know have offers um, or that we, you know, at least that I think should have offers. What about Cannon? Have we talked about him? Uh, be, he'd be next week. Power forward. Talking about Lafayette, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, he would be next week. You know, I just mentioned the, the 
and I don't know if we're there yet or where they fall, but those guys at, um, well, yeah, talk about you. So you were talking before we hit record on the Floyd central kids. So go down that and that's. Well, yeah, I think Floyd central is going to have a unique, a unique, uh, lineup this year, right? They have a lot of size. Um, Chelowski, Yep. Seven, almost seven foot, six eleven, almost seven foot. Um, he says he's seven foot, I guess. So I, I guess I should put that out there. You know, I get I get ripped a lot for for these heights. Like 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 people think I really care that much about the heights on kids. Like I'm not really recruiting them. If I'm really recruiting them, I'll go check out how tall they really really are. I mean, but I'm gonna ask a kid how tall are you? He's gonna tell me, and I'm going with it. All right. So right. Six eleven, seven foot, and then you got Brady Moore. Uh, who I think is going to have a really nice year for him. He's got good size, 6'6", shooter, small forward. So he's going to be able to stretch. They're going to be able to stretch the floor. You got Kyle Potts, who's a point guard, I think. And then you got Brady Moore on one side, and you got Cole Harrett on the other. And Cole's got uh, – he's got a handover offer. Oh, he's got a handover offer. He's got a wall bash offer. You know, he's got some interest. He's going to Franklin next month. Uh, so, you know, he's going to visit Lincoln Memorial. I think he's a, he's an interesting kid. Um, Nathaniel Moore, um, Hoffman, Nathaniel Hoffman is another name out there. So they got some kids that, that are kind of interesting. Uh, you're going to have to keep – you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to get by Jeff in that sectional. That'll be interesting. But they're definitely a team that is kind of, you know, top 25-ish in, in, in 4A. And a big reason, I think, is, is those small forwards. Um, you know, right. Herrick could be a shooting guard, but, but Cole Herrick, Brady Moore, and, and Hoffman will be really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, if, that, I mean, if that's their collection along with Caleb Washington, they, you know, they're, they're going to be one. I mean, they're always, it's going to be a while before they're not one of the better teams in that area. Just uh, Sturgeon's got things going pretty well down there and probably a lot like Weaver at Plainfield is it took them some time and, and creating a really good feeder system and making sure the and making sure they stay home. That's the, that's been the key for Floyd central over the years, I believe is, is not having guys siphoned off to new Albany or Jeffersonville. So, or even yeah. into Louisville. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's what Jeff. I don't know. That, that's going to be that'll be a good game, you know. But well, Jeff's got two good ones in Razor Moore and Loving's Watts. So Stoudemire will be good too. Yeah. Anybody else? I mean, the floor. You know, Southern Indiana is your domain. I mean, I you know seen a lot of these guys play, but as far as following a lot all the recruiting, it's it's um, short of guys getting offers. It's tough to say who is, you know, who's not getting enough offers versus, you know, versus the typical late late rush of D three schools and and you know some out of state or even out of area NAI schools getting involved with the kids because. You know they know if they've recruited the Indiana kid. They're going to get they're going to get good players. I mean, yeah. I mean Hol- Holden Compton at South Spencer is a really 
interesting guy. More probably more of a power forward. Yeah. Save him. Yeah. Save him for next week. Save and him I'm, for next and, week. And, and so yeah, I mean that's the other thing. If you didn't, if you're thinking, oh, we should we should be talking about our guy and. In Southern Indiana, maybe maybe we consider you a power forward. I mean, Gavin Shippard. Yeah, I've got Gavin's power kind forward. of a power forward, but yeah, ba- yeah. Got, I've got him there. That's that's sometimes that's a defensive call. You know, but he can definitely step out. And, and, yeah, he's offensively he's skilled. I mean, um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much. I think two. I think one kid that the 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 rest of the state needs to learn more about is Jake Chapman at Tri Central. Yeah. I mean, that's a kid that had a stellar junior year. And I don't think a lot of people knew that. I'll be honest. I didn't know much about him until December. Um, and then steel, steel Brassfield is, is a pretty versatile wing. Maybe a, maybe a tweener, maybe a small school for I me, mean, definitely big enough at six, five that he could, that he could play the four at, at, I mean, he's got an offer from Indiana tech. I think that he is, um, his game's getting more skilled as he gets older. Um, I mean, everybody gets more. I don't think people get less skilled, but you know what I mean. It's yeah, but things passing by. If you don't, if you don't continue to grow your game. That's you, true. He's starting to. Well, players can pass him by. That's for sure. I mean, can it pass other players by? That's for sure. But, but he's he's starting to become more aggressive with the ball, and I and I think that's versus just a player that plays off the ball and, and looks for shots. He's. He's got more of the shot making aspect of his game. And, and so you said you said something. Uh, if you don't get better, in my eyes, you're getting worse. I mean, it, yeah, that's it, fair. So I agree. I agree. He's got a big, got a nice little ceiling. Ahead of and then the odd elephant in the room is I don't know if you saw him play in June or not. It was Antoine Hearns. I did. I did. I saw him in Louisville play for EG10. Okay. He's a kid that I'll be honest, I don't know where he went last year. He I know in June he was with Washington Indianapolis, Washington. Yeah. He, he was rumored to be enrolling at Christmas Attics and it hasn't happened. Is that a prep school? Six seven, you know, very springy. Um his dad told me in June he was going to Washington. That he was staying well, he was enrolled there. I think that was probably the, the safe answer. Because he didn't last long there. He was – it was out the next week that he was leaving there. Um, well, is he out? He's not. I mean, he's at a prep school. Oh, so Hearns ended up – he's not going to be at Washington? Correct. He's nowhere in Indiana right now. But you think he um, might be coming back to Attics? I mean, I think right now he's at the prep – I mean – got a little bit of an arms race in, in Indiana. I think if we would have had this discussion a month ago, I'd have told you to end up at Attics, but it hasn't happened yet, so – you got a little bit of the arms race going on in town. You got some lot of talent between tech. Yeah. Addicts. I, mean, I, I mean, I love the old days when city was good. Yeah. You know, when, when, when tech would be tech would be fair to mid. Uh, this was obviously before Lyles and that group, but tech would be fair to mid Arlington would be a power. Northwest would be above average to really good, depending on the year. Uh, you, you know, you'd have Broad Ripple would be good. Of course, Broad Ripple, Arlington, Northwest, no longer schools, no longer high schools. Um, you know, when, when the city was really strong in my lifetime, 
Attics wasn't a high school. Shortridge wasn't a high school. Yeah, and I say my lifetime, I mean, from the time I was 16 until, well, until now. But I mean, um, my awareness of basketball beyond the Hamilton County sectional, basically, it started when I was 16, 17 years old. So yeah. in, in my 20, you know, in the in the 90s, in, in the 2000s, you know, it was Arlington, it was... Broad Ripple. You know, Broad Ripple would always have a guy or two, even though they probably wouldn't have much depth. Um, Northwest was always good. Um, you know, and Tech was always good. And then, of course, Cathedral, Chitar would always have teams um, that, that probably athletic weren't on par with the others, but still pretty good. Um, and DMG, Grant Sterling at, at Cathedral. Yeah, yeah. Long, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, class of 1998, 3A state champs. So, um, no, I, I like it when city's good. Now it's kind of just kind of maybe wait till the final four and then that Saturday and then that Monday night, that Monday night's usually either the either Martin Luther King Day or the, the week after Martin Luther King Day. And it's, it's usually a heck of an event. So if you're uh, – if you're ever, if you're in of a disposition to have free time on your hand in January, I would definitely plan on going to the, the city semifinals and the, and the championship game um, in mid January. So, because tech is the best gym in the city, as far as I'm concerned. So, wow. Uh, well, I mean, sure. I think addicts has the most history and I love those banners, but just as far as architecture and, just the way it looks. And I, I love text gym. I love text campus. It's a, it's a fabulous place. And you know, it's an old, it's the old arsenal of the state of Indiana. So it's, it's a multi-building campus. It's kind of neat. So that is cool. I'm sure it, I'm sure it's unwieldy to manage as an administration, but from where I sit, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> All right, man. I think that's it. We got, I think we got a lot of it. Um, yeah, if we miss anybody, we'll, we'll clean well, it up. Well, we absolutely miss a lot of people because there's just a lot of guys that are pretty decent that don't have scholarship offers. I mean, Matt Brown, homeschooled kid, Jackson Falconberry at Madison. I mean, um, you know, and, and Nick Mick. I mean, we talked a little bit about Nick Mikash and Chris Mullen yes, or last night with, with Zach. But, you know, those are good dudes that don't have offers. And, and, and we, we all know that D3 guys will – will roll in and soak up a lot of this action and, 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 and even more NAIA guys as they start to get a better feel for, for what their actual budgets are going to be for next year. Um, Cause right now they're just targeting their, their must haves. And then they're going to, then they'll start hitting up their, this is what we need to get crowd. So. Welcome. Welcome to basketball in Indiana, man. That's right. So for those that listen every week, we appreciate it. And, uh, and appreciate your subscription for those listening for the first time. Hopefully you guys come back and listen some more and always, subs- always hit that subscribe button. Nick, my man, I appreciate it. We'll be back. What next week again, talking a little bit of power forwards and centers. We combine that list Power forwards and centers. And then we start getting into fall league action. So you'll get down to pocket city a little bit, right? Yeah. That starts October 9th. When do you start? Well, they do. They do the night. They had the Saturday, Sunday deal. We're, ten, oh, we're the yeah, tenth. Okay, so the tenth. We yeah. Nick and I do it on. Indy and I do it on concurrent. He's also a Nick. Indy and I do it concurrently. 
he does have that Saturday component because I think he puts his middle school teams on Saturday or his younger guys on Saturday, middle school, like JV guys. Um, we're all on Sunday. The Metro Indie Basketball League is going to be at uh, Grand Park this year at Pacers Athletic Center. So, wow, cool. Yeah. yeah, looking looking forward to that. So, Congratulations. That's kind of a... Yep. Yeah, it's fun. It's good. It's There's pluses and minuses between being in a facility and being in schools. It's it's, it's give and take, but um, we've um, got a pretty good deal going on this year. So, all right, Nick, I appreciate it, man. You got it, my man. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.